second floor of the AC building at Bethel University. This is live from AC Second. Guys, it's a round table. It's yes. been a long time since so- we've since we've been here. Sound the alarm. And we have a new guest. We have a new guest. A new oh, friend. A new friend. A nougat eating friend. What, what did you call it? No, he it? doesn't like nougat. I like creamy nougat. Wait, no, nougat? no, I don't like creamy nougat or that the rice stuff in crackle. You. So, do you actually pronounce it nougat? nougat? No, but or I think it's fun to cute? say that. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's okay. fun okay. to say nougat. it that way. Do you huh. creatively uh, mispronounce certain things? Yeah, I think that's what singers do. Like sure. to, to have their own style. They're sure. like, you know, I don't know, pretend they're Jamaican, like Sting mm-hmm. or something like that. So certain <laughs> yeah. words kind of scream out for that. Yeah. Is that the is that the source of Madonna's Euro accent? Is that what happened there? Yeah, you know, I can't explain anything about Madonna. No my, kidding. My wife has a magazine right now that has a bunch of photos about of her family. Children. Yeah, I saw that, yeah, yeah. I saw that so, in the grocery store. And and Madonna doesn't even. I mean, she looks like a twenty five year old mm-hmm. still, and I can't figure it out. Well, She's bathing the blood of virgins, probably. Oh, probably. No, I just or think you got. I just think <laughs> there are the other. there are levels of money and fame that that I don't even understand that cause people to get younger instead of older. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we actually introduce who this is? Not even a little bit. <laughs> and you are? I'm Scott Winter. Not not winners. Often I've noticed people say yes, Scott Winters. I'm singular. I try yeah, to explain that to my students. Yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm only one of me. We have a chemist who's plural, but you're That's yeah. true. And that's a problem for him, I think. Not for me. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, most winters you run into are winters. Winters, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So is that is that something that like sticks in your craw whenever you hear winters or Well, it doesn't make sense why that's the natural go to. People don't go up to somebody named Johnson and call him Johnson's. Adam Johnson's. But you because just said most winters are winters. Yeah, but so. that doesn't make it right. I I don't know. I just <laughs> you know, people this is a principled stand. People are funny about People getting their names wrong, either in yeah. print or, uh, I mean, we learn this as journalists, either in print or uh, just saying it wrong. It's crazy. Like, I still, I can't stand it if I have any friends named Kirsten or Kirsten. Oh, yeah, or or, um, or Karen Ooh, as opposed yeah. to Karen. Yeah, really? Well, well, and, well and, and what do you do with the people who, when you ask them, because students will do yes. this, and they're, they're like... Well, either way, it's either like way. I get I get upset at them. I'm like, you have to pick because the rest of us need to make a decision about what we're going to call yeah. you, and mm-hmm. you can't do the. You can't be non-committal to that. Yeah. Or when they say, "No, it's Kirsten," and you say, "Okay, Kirsten," and they say, "No, it's Kirsten." Right, right. And you're it, like, well, yeah, is, is there is there some kind of extra letter <laughs> that we that we don't hear? <laughs> when students say they don't care, I always say, "Okay, then we'll call you Bert." Okay, yeah. <laughs> Well, you have a special circumstance this semester. Uh, two of your students stopped by to interview me. You're a journalism <gasps> professor, I should mention. Kind of, yeah. Uh, kind of? You're well, the closest thing the we've got. Being. We're working on it. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, and two of your students, and I knew one of them who's in my class, and I said, hi, Maddie. And she said, like, you meet my friend, Maddie. And said, you're, you're punking me. And they said, no, we're, we're, both, we're both Maddie. Um, and so they interviewed me, the Maddies. And then I found out there are only one-third of the Maddies in your class. There are six Maddies in your class what? of, like, 17 people. I had a class last year reporting one class of 16, seven of which were some form of Maddie. That's, so, that's insane. Right. So for a while, we numbered them. So we just called her one, two, three. But then we started three of six. coming up with synonyms like mattress, which is inappropriate. And so yeah, we totally. found different ones that would work. Yeah. Such as? What were the appropriate uh, ones? Uh, Maddie with one D. Maddie with a Y. Um Madrigal. Yeah, Yeah, Madrigal, we use that. Oh, nice. Um, Maddie, who's shorter than the rest of us. Um, You know, (laughs) 
Maddie who smacks, <laughs> smacks volleyballs around, you know, sure. things like that. Maddie oh, okay. who smacks people around. <laughs> uh, we, we don't have any of those, but okay. mm-hmm. that would have been fun. Wow. It's we'll hard to get an inter- interview when you're Maddie who smacks people around. Right. True. <laughs> As a professor in general, uh, this is a special, the Maddie circumstance is a special circumstance, but how do you feel about uh, student nicknames? You oh. calling a student by a nickname, that is to say. Oh. So when they say, though, like you choose the nickname or they say, my name is whatever, but my friends call me. Oh. Yeah, I go by Skippy. Or, right. Uh, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope I'm not going to call anybody out here. Well, I'm not going to call somebody out. I had a, uh, um, a football player in my class, um, two football players in my class, um, nice guys, good students. Uh, one of them um, insisted, um, and his friends insisted that I call him Thumb, which I'm not comfortable calling a dude thumb um, and the other one um, who actually ended up becoming one of my advisees uh, was Cookie um, because his last name was Crumb and so he's oh right Cookie Crumb. Cookie Crumb yeah apparently this is a thing and uh, I just I'm I don't not, think I don't you need cool to participate in that I don't I think, do yeah, I, I, I self selected out of that yeah your thing can be the I'm the one person who it actually calls you, calls you yeah calls you yeah. Frank. by your name yeah. I don't do student nicknames but I'm fine with faculty nicknames. Ooh, and who's got a faculty fa- nickname? Oh, I have all kinds of faculty nicknames. Well, Scoots. That you've right come now. up with, though? Yeah, I like, mean, okay. like, I call them things. But sure. they seem to like it, or sure. at least they don't. Are you the George W. Bush of the faculty? Like, you're making up nicknames for everybody? Kind of. Like... I mean, I call Sarah Scoots. I okay. call Scott. Not uh, Squinter is, like, what I often will think of in oh, my head. nice. Um, I, Maybe. I call, some no, nicknames. No, it's nice. I like it. Squinter. Yeah, I like it. Um, I call, not Squinters. Wait, wait, wait. Thank you. As long as it's not plural. Is there a Q in there? Is it Squint or Squint? Squint. No, it's Squinter. It's like with a Q. Okay. It's just right. combining them. Squinter. It's good podcasting to bring back jokes like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I call thanks. Gary Long, um, G-Lo, Glow, Gare Bear. Um, okay. It's my personal favorite. Um, Gary I, Long is the I take a little BTS bit of offense at Gare Bear because that actually is a faculty couple nickname. <laughs> Where I'm the bear part of that. There were students referred oh. to Chris Gertz and I as Gare Bear for oh, a long time. Oh, so. I'm sorry. So we I don't think of you two as a faculty couple. But really? no. You know, well, we replaced not, a married um, couple. Um, not anymore. Right. <laughs> Let's just. Oh, okay. yeah. We're seeing mm-hmm. other faculty at this point. Um, so. <laughs> I call Henry AMK. I oh, call yeah, yeah. Chris Gertzy. I call Charlie Charles. Um, you in, uh, I prefer Chuck on that one, but. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Seymour, I think of you as we uh, call you Seymour. Seymour, and unfailingly, she calls me Chris Moore. Oh. I never. call you, I call you Chris Moore. I call oh. you Christopher Moore. You're the only. I would like see Mo. He has his own theme oh. song that I sing for him sometimes. Can um, we hear a few bars? Yeah, I prefer <laughs> you didn't. Okay, well, he prefers that I don't, <laughs> no, so fine. I won't. I prefer no. that you did. Well, it's just to um, the theme to Superman. And the only words are Christopher Moore, but it works really well. Right. Christopher Moore, it's Christopher Moore, Christopher Moore, there's Christopher Moore, Christopher Moore, Christopher Moore, hey there, Christopher Moore. And it makes See? sense because I'm like usually it, walking into a strong right. headwind. Right, and it doesn't work. Like, you <laughs> so, can't be like, Scott went, nope, Sam Mulberry, I kind of regret Sam that Mulberry. I pushed that you to sing that. Um, oh, getting back to students, though, yeah. um, <laughs> I think if it's like, if it's like, uh, curriculum appropriate like it can oh. work so like you're in a when design would that be class curriculum appropriate? okay let's say um graphic design professor jesse henderson who yeah. has a lot she's a nickname machine oh, okay. oh so let's say she's doing a typography class maybe everybody in that class uh has a font nickname based on their personality right so the most oh. boring oh. student in class is times new roman right okay I or helvetica yeah, helvetica ariel which sounds more like a name, right? Um, right. The hippie is sunflower. Yeah. You know the whole thing. You but have like Zaf- it's comic saying. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Well, childish ones. The kid who's Wait, not in class. Zaf Dingbats. Yeah. 
Uh, what's the churchiest font? So, oh, uh, probably most what devout is it? Um, Bookman text or what? Yeah, Bookman old style. <laughs> Bookman old style. Yeah, Lucinda, um, whatever it's yep. called. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Font talk. Who thought that was going? <laughs> what do you think about people? Out. I, I want to go back to faculty and names. What do you, uh, or just adults and names? What do you think about people who? Let's 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 use thirty five as a cutoff point. Decide that they're going to go by something different. Like, what if I oh, came yeah. back this spring and I was like, I am I am Sammy now. Like, <laughs> I insist. You can't. Oh. You can't. You but must change it. it. You can't. You you can't do that if you don't change a world. So if you change a world, like you switch churches, sure. you switch jobs, uh, okay. you yeah. switch sure. cities. I think you can yeah. go by whatever you want. Sure. So. My Were real you... first name is Christopher. Okay. I wanted to know okay. about that. And yeah. and so I go by Scott because I grew up Jewthern. So my my dad's family was Jewish. My mom's family was Lutheran. Um, they thought Christopher Scott sounded great, which it didn't. It was just the two like most popular names from 1970. Yeah, but Christopher Scott Winter is a very nice name. Yeah, it's very uh, authorly. Right? It yes. is. Yeah. yeah. So anyway... I'm not going to tell you what I called myself in my college undergrad column, but I'm gonna. We're gonna skip that. C. Scott Winter. <laughs> C. S. Winter. Oh, I like it. It is. C. Scott Winter. C. Scott Winter. I'm nodding on a podcast. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> You're new. Yeah. So my dad, my parents decided that they would not call me Christopher because it's somewhat of a Christ-like name. Okay. Uh, and they didn't want to offend my Jewish grandfather. Uh, and then when I was, I think, 18, my mom told me, well, we kind of made that up. Actually, y- your dad didn't want you to be called Chrissy on the playground. Um, you know. I can relate. Yeah, yeah that's so, a thing. Right, right. And who would want to be called Chrissy? Anyway, so, so yeah, I went by Scott. But I've considered, like, even when I came to Bethel, I considered... Going back to Chris? Yeah. And then, like, one time I was going to do it was, like, we I switched schools and I was going to switch to... Topher because I'd never heard oh, that yeah. name before. Oh, yeah. But then there was a Topher in Hollywood, and right. and yeah, he's kind of lame. So I'm glad yeah. I never did that. What about just Tope? We've had this. Con- Who are we going to call Tope? Chris, Chris Garrett. Chris yeah. Garrett. We were going to yeah. start calling. He tope. looks like a Tope. Yeah, like Tope. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, that's not nice. Emphasis on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, no. You know, I um. Occasionally, I will have a student whose name, to protect their anonymity, has a Y on the end. Mm-hmm. So what you were saying, right? Kind of, it's a male name, but it feels to me more like the juvenile right. version of their name. Like Sammy. Yeah, yes. And so I, I I do always sort of pause and think, do you really want to be called that? Like, I want to say, are we ready to be done with that? Are we ready to be done? <laughs> like, should we just start well, cause, today? Because I've had this where where I have. Well, I'll use I'll use Dan as an example. Like somebody who I I meet for the first time, and I but I've I've heard of them before, and I've always seen say Dan or Daniel, and all of a sudden they're like, no, call me Danny, and I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. But like, do I get to do that as like an adult to another adult, even if I don't know them, be like, you're you're not gonna be Danny to me? Well, I feel like if your name is Amy. You don't have a right to do that to other people. To but that's just like birth certificate given name. No, I'm saying you can't call him Sammy because he's got no comeback. It's true. Oh, you know I what see. I'm saying? Can't we just add to Amy? her name? <laughs> I don't know. Amy Lou? Amy yeah. Lou? I don't know. Yep. That is tricky. No, Amy is such a boring, simple name. There's mm-hmm. not really anything you can do so you can it. only you can only throw stones if you live in a glass house is what Well, it's saying? hard because I think there are enough social rules and, you know, too many anti-regulation on social rules. But, like... Joel and I were talking, psych pr- professor, psych yep. chair, psych super Joel. dean, Joel. We don't yeah. call him Jolie. No. Um, I was at a Twins game with them, and we were talking about the the unwritten rule that you cannot wear a jersey, like a like a Twins jersey, 
of somebody who's younger than you are. So, oh, for instance, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's acceptable for me to wear, say, a Kirby Puckett or okay. Rod Carew jersey. But, but if I showed up with with a Jorge Polanco jersey, right. my favorite player. That would be just inappropriate. And so it seems like a rule that works really well, um, but maybe those rules, we need to get rid of them. I don't know. I've never I heard kinda of like that, that rule, like that. Like, and, and I will say that's a rule that, that I've broken in my life, but like I'm kind of okay like signing on to that. So, yeah. So, like, I think I'm not sure how old everybody is here, but I think I could wear a Chris Moore jersey and get away with it. I'm just kidding. I probably can't. <laughs> um. <laughs> We should have professor jerseys, shouldn't we? Do that students wear? We, I, this is really, this is super nerdy. Um, I hope this doesn't derail the conversation. But when I was in grad school and we were pre- preparing for comps, um, somebody drafted um, academic trading cards. Nice. Because you needed to know like authors and schools of thought and major works by authors and things, and it's as a way, as a funny way to do that. So like we had like in political science, we had like the Bob Jervis trading card, and it was it was like you know it was like it was like Harry Potter like wizarding trading card yeah. basically. There was super nerdy pictures of super nerdy people with with their list of publications in the back, but it was uh, cool. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe trading cards with the and, and actually now now with with the ability to do stuff like nice printing at print services, you could actually make so when my when my my son turned six. We had a baseball themed birthday party, and one of the things that we did is we took. So I made, I like did kind of homemade screen printing of jerseys because uh, we had them on two teams and they played wiffle ball. And we took pictures of every kid, and in their thank you note, I made baseball cards that looked like 1985 tops baseball cards of each kid. Like so, you got that, and then you got one for my son. In the so, like we could actually make these. They were- Sam, I got to be honest. That kind of detail work is kind of why you're not very popular on staff here at Bethel. <laughs> and if you're that kind of dad on top of that, Sam, I mean. It's just too much, isn't it, Amy? Yes, but you're kind of that person too. No, I, was I think just that's thinking, awesome. Like, did you have baseball shaped cake balls? Because no, we I'm had really good at making those. That no, would be a no, we we actually bought like the like the like like the cardboard not cardboard cardboard like popcorn containers that look yeah. like you got that's them from the ball awesome. Game. Yeah. We I built a scoreboard for that. Like we had a big piece of plywood and we I painted. Should, a scoreboard. I should mention this all happened before Pinterest existed as a. I don't even know what that is, Chris. See, there we go. Thank you. Okay, good. I just dropped my kids off at a mall for their birthday. I mean, I thought, that, yeah, exactly. That's where we're at now. But like, <laughs> here's a ten spot. <laughs> right. No, but I, I, I kind of geek out sometimes and like tell, tell. I have a whole shtick where I tell the journalism team. You know, we do this pep talk where I call them the varsity journalism team, and you know, start acting like it. And like, we should have jerseys. And mm-hmm. I mean, not at Bethel, but at other schools, I've said we should have cheerleaders who cheer for us on deadline. We should put stands in the in the in the Clarion newsroom so that our parents could come and cheer us on, our boyfriends and girlfriends, that whole thing. But uh, yeah, I, I've actually looked into what it would cost to get, like, varsity letters that said CWC on it. Because I want my TAs to have, like, cardigans with, like, a letter on it. Wouldn't that be cool? That's awesome. I love that kind of stuff. You should you consider just a faculty something. development grant. Mm. These are good ideas. <laughs> are they really? Are they? Well... <laughs> The, I have to ask you a question. I have to ask all of you a question. Uh, two of you are, are grads of this institution. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. Has Bethel ever had cheerleaders? I just never. It never occurred to me that we don't have cheerleaders. I don't think so. We used to have a dance line. We think we do. We were, oh, don't do we? we? Yeah. I don't know. And they perform sometimes were in, at halftime. When half we were time, in yeah. college, there was a dance line. I'm not familiar with But that's different than cheerleaders. Oh, no, it's yeah. totally different. I was shocked when I was asked my first year here to judge, along with Chad Hoyt, yeah. Uh, in physics, to judge the men dancing on homecoming week uh, in the underground. And Marie and I have participated in that. I was a little weirded out by judges. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Did you do it? I did do it. Yep. Good. 
I think I just stopped the conversation. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We all have an image in our head of you judging. Yeah, I'm trying to just yeah. picture so. something here. Sort of a mm-hmm. so you think you can dance kind of judge. And then, and, yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black t-shirt, right? Simon Cowell type. Yeah. But yeah, and I don't, to answer your question, I don't, I don't know no. if in, in Bethel's like, if we were to go back to the 60s and 70s if they did, but not in my time okay, here. Okay, so not since 95. Okay, long-standing tradition of not having a cheerleading school. Yeah, but yeah. now now I kind of want to say, and let's go to the archives. So now I yeah. feel like Sam and I have a job for later to figure out That's the answer Diana. to that it's, question. It's actually progressive now to not have Right. It. Right. right. So, sure. We were just ahead of our time. Well, and, and just in an era where uh, f- uh, women athletes are pretty much amazing, um, it makes sense. Um Except that I would argue that cheerleading is athletic. Well, and when I lived in, well, it, I, it, yeah. it is. But but why should they be cheering on just the boys? You know, but no, well, true. But at the college, at the college level, yeah, I mean, speaking as a former cheerleader as right. well as a dance line member, like at the college level, and cheerleading varies by state. When I was growing up, cheerleading like every Saturday we had to go to gymnastics. I yeah. mean, so you know, there was a cheerleading provided a place for no, and every season is cheerleading season. Yeah, yeah I, mean, every, I get that. Every day I mean, is cheerleading right. day. No, I get yeah. that. I just thought, you know, well, let's make the football team cheer for them then. You know, why? Yes, it, right. To be reciprocal. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, my uh, uh, my my high school has a marching band and not a football team. Wow. There's marching parades? or yep. what? Okay. That's exactly huh. right. Is there a lot of parades huh. in Pioneer, Ohio? Not, like, not so many. Where's the outlet for them then? Is there a warm-up marching band that marches before the regular marching band marches? Do they just have like a they're grand like, marshal they're, they're, like, they're like the opening act. Yeah, the they're like the band? halftime show for the marching band. <laughs> that would be the quarter time show. Yes. <laughs> no, so I went to a... Oh. Lo- That's funny. I, I grew up in a, uh, a small, um, very rural part of Ohio. Where Name the town. Amish it's part country. Of the fun. Yes, it was Amish country and Pioneer. Pioneer. Town, Pioneer, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the small schools around us had football teams, but um, six man, eight man. No, a full team, um, eleven man. But they, uh, it was hard to maintain. It was very expensive, and there was some path dependence to this. If you didn't have one back in the fifties, then it was just the startup costs were too high, and so there, there are movements every. 10, 15 years or so to try to start football. And, you know, kids, you know, they'll, they'll have a couple of years of like peewee football, but they just could never make the transition to have enough people to, st- to, to, to start a high school team. But we had a really good band. Um, and they wanted an outlet beyond just sort of concerts and things like that. So, you know, all the time I was growing up, they had a marching band. They did a few parades in the fall and a few parades in the spring, the, whatever was around. And uh, that was about it. Uh, podcast surprise I was a drum major from my high school band. Wow. Funny hat. I can see that. We're the worst band in the country. Now, I can't prove that, but but I think we would have a shot at the title. What makes makes a band particularly bad? Well, if you you grew up in Bismarck, North Dakota, which you didn't, which is great. um, (laughs) Who here has been to North Dakota? I've been to North I don't know why I raised my hand. I've been to North Dakota. Miss, you, Miss America is from North Dakota. Oh. As is the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Anyway, uh, and they're from the same high school. And that high school happens to be Bismarck Century, which had the fancy pants. Um, they, the school was uh, born, erected in 1976. So they're called the Patriots, mm-hmm. and they have the great band that gets to go to the Rose Bowl Parade, that oh. gets to go, go to uh, Macy's Parade and all mm-hmm. that stuff. We were the other band, so it's easy to feel like you're Is really bad. Is that what bad. they called you? We were the other the band. Other no, we were a really bad band, and it was, it was um, 
I would like to think that we had 10 times more fun, though. Yes. They weren't allowed sure. to smile when they marched. They were very patriotic. We were goofballs. that's patriotism. <laughs> we, right, right. This is Band patriotic. is serious. Right. We were goofballs, and it was, it was fun. So, so what's the life of a high school drum major like? And what um, was your mascot? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, mainly, you know, just fighting off the babes, Sam. Yeah. Fighting <laughs> off the babes. Yeah. <laughs> what was, they were the patriots. What were you? Uh, we're the demons, and actually, the <laughs> no. no, 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 and the Patriots weren't uh, athletically. They weren't really that great back then, so they weren't our enemies. The enemies were the Catholic school, who are of course the Saints. Right. Oh, that's pretty Wait, funny. The demons versus the Saints. That's right. It was a big Friday night football game or a big Saturday night basketball game. It's really cold in North Dakota, so everybody's yeah, there to comes. use the free heating um, at the Civic Center. So yeah, there were big battles between good and evil. And what was and your I, school? Called? I was on the side of evil. Bismarck High Demons. Bismarck they were the St. Mary's Demons. Saints. Yep. Whoa. That's kind of amazing. That is Thank kind you. of amazing. Yep. So, so circling back to to our, our journalism majors, are the people who write for the paper deserve cheerleaders and cheering sections. Like, what can we do to celebrate them? To celebrate journalists? Yeah. Uh, Here at Bethel. Just don't yell at them. Um, okay. Basically, journalists only receive feedback when they mess up, you know? Yeah. Like referees, uh, so for example. When people... <laughs> What's that? Like referees, for example. Yes, they are. They're referees. They are, you know, bowling where you can only screw up, right? So, yeah, they only hear. If somebody likes a story, they'll say, "Hey, did you see that in the Clarion? Yeah, it's a pretty good story." But they don't say it to the journalist. You know oh. what I mean? So, but they hear all the complaints. So, all you could do is maybe uh, send an email to a writer. Some of us do do that. Like that. I can yeah. think of at least a couple in the last few years. I believe you. I'm not saying you're bad people. It's just kind of the nature <laughs> no, 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 no. of journalism. I'm just saying that's a good. I think right. that is a great. Practical suggestion, right. uh, and I will say when I when do. I was a student here, I, I for a very short time wrote for the Clarion, and I um, man was it bad in those days. No offense, but it was <laughs> right. You know anyhow, that. anyhow, um, I remember the aforementioned Joel Fredrickson because he was probably in his first or second year here. I wrote something, and, he, and like I didn't know who he was, and he like pulled me aside to talk about how much he liked the thing that I wrote, and like that's cool. to this day, like that's one of when I see Joel, that's one of the first things I remember. Is, that's amazing. Yeah, so that was a that's a good thing to do. Yeah. I haven't paid it forward. I probably should. Well, I think one of the problems is that I don't want to go all journalism here, but one of the problems is I think a lot of people view uh, journalism as uh, a venue for recognition, mm-hmm. um, and that's not what it is. And so if you have that so, attitude toward it. So you it, only feel successful when there's. Right, exactly. I mean, why did we even have a golf team if you didn't write about us, right? Right, I mean, yeah, mm. okay. And so, so that's – so. If if people are going to it expecting it to be like the Bethel magazine that's put out by Common Marketing, uh, that expectation is very different yes, from sure. what the Clarion probably has a role to do on campus. And they invited uh, the president, uh, Jay Barnes, up to talk to him about what he thinks the role is. And they were very happy to learn that his vision was very similar to theirs, which is pretty rare at a Christian university. I think they're very lucky. Hmm. So I'm going to make an assumption that you wrote for your college paper. I, I not well. Okay. Um, I actually worked for the local paper, the Fargo Forum, and the Grand Forks Herald while I was in college, and so I had a pretty big attitude problem when it came to the college paper. So I would reprint my articles in the college paper so that I could get double paid. Don't tell my students that. I don't huh. want that published anywhere, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so I, well, no one I, listens to this. Right. Yeah, so the question we okay. is how was so what what college did you go to? The University of North Dakota. Okay, so that's a bigger school than Bethel. A bigger school, a colder school. Okay, it has I mean, underground tunnels. How is how and it's a, obviously a public school. How is a, the college newspaper there? Your experience, the bit you did do there, compared to what your students do here. Um, 
very more brazen. I mean, very bold, very, um, very more. It was probably even more issue oriented, but okay. more clumsy and scattered and crazy. I think journalism's gotten a lot better and a lot worse mm. uh, since those days. Uh, in in our in Bethel's case, I think better. Okay. Yeah. So, is there a direction you try to push your students in terms of um, what I mean by that? Is like. Uh, the what you want, the, what you would like the school paper to be, what you'd like the Clarion to be, compared to where it's at. Like, if you could change something about it. Well, I think um, it was good when I got here. I, I think we're trying to move it more into it is the public forum for students, okay. and it's less written for the overall Bethel community and more for the student body. Mm-hmm. There already are a lot of publications for yes, faculty, sure. for um, our constituents, constituents for donors, for yeah. families. Um, I, I would love it if all those those constituencies read it, but but for the editor's purpose, I mean, they're trying to um, appeal to students. That's their their niche audience. Do students read the Clarion? Well, um, anecdotally, yes. Um, it was pretty impossible to find a Clarion on campus, even though they were upping the numbers last yeah. spring, uh, which is a good thing. And what they found is the more issue-oriented they are, and the more they are on the pulse of the student body, the more popular they are, and the harder it is to find a clarion, I think. They have a lot of work to do with their web numbers, though. Um, they, they sometimes spike really high, but it's not a regular thing. We're working on it. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you do much with other media besides writing in the web? I mean, I know that there was there there was a clarion pod, or maybe there is a clarion podcast? They're, they're re- restarting it, but a lot of that stuff has been driven out of classes, and we're trying to make that part of the culture. Okay, um, okay. There are other issues that are roadblocks to that, but we're working on it. Sure. Cool. So at some point there could be a, a, a crossover, um, AC, AC Second. In a perfect uh, world, there would be a video coming out every day, a podcast, maybe a podcast coming out from each section every week, an entertainment mm-hmm. podcast, a sports podcast, a news podcast. That'd be great. It'd be a really good experience yeah. for the students, too, that. I think. Yeah. 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 So that's that's where we want to get. Numbers need to get up and some other obstacles, uh, resources. But we're getting too journalism geeky. <laughs> That's what I want to ask questions about. But I'm going to let somebody else grab the ball here. Cause well, I feel like I'm talking too much. Not that I've ever done that before. <laughs> well, then I'll ask a question, but it is going to be journalism-related, but it's Scott Winter-related. Um, journalism seems like an interesting thing to teach at a college because presumably you have to kind of I presume stop being a journalist, so you teach journalism, or do you, or do you like how does how did how do you make that choice, or well, is it not a choice? Um, I think I'm at my best when I am doing journalism. I think I have more examples that are that are um, relevant to what they're doing in the classroom. And I think the more I'm working on stories, uh, the better professor I am. Mm. Um, it gets a little complicated when you're trying to talk about academic research, you know, and trying to balance the academic research you do with the actual real storytelling you do. Sure. And that I think you guys all deal with that too on which kind of audiences you want your research to speak sure, to. Sure. Is it Bethel audiences? Is it general public audiences? Mm-hmm. Is it your your entire field? Is it the academic people in your field? And I've never been the kind of professor who just wants to speak to academia. I want to help the industry, and I'm sure you guys are the same way. Like you're, the issues that you are working mm-hmm. with students mm-hmm. on are very public things yeah. that you want mm-hmm. to get out to activists, to anybody like, yes. in the yeah. field, right? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, I don't know, maybe it comes with having a background as a high school social studies teacher where I always felt like my job really was, I mean, it was teaching, but embedded in teaching is marketing and advertising and trying to get students, you know, and especially at the high school level, I'm trying to convince them this is worth their time and something that they should be interested in and care about. And they are 
required by law to be there. Um, and so <laughs> that kind of always, I think, laid a foundation for me that what kept me interested in my own discipline was how do I make this? I don't, I don't want to say, I actually don't like, I, I think we overemphasize the whole, we got to make it relevant. Cause I think if you're, if you're, if you're presenting content in a uh, exciting and interesting way, it, it's, it just is relevant. I mean, it right. just is. And, and, and the receiver has to do their own part with making it relevant to them. But I've, I've always kind of been driven by, I want everything that I teach to be something I could teach to Sunday school audiences, to my family, to friends, to, um, you know, business. I mean, I, I've always kind of wanted to apply. How do I, and maybe it's because I actually, um, I don't know. I mean, I didn't struggle as a student, but, but I had to work really hard in school. And so I have a heart for also saying like, I need to make sure if somebody doesn't get this the first way, how do I, how do I um, provide a pathway that it's more open to them getting it or that it, yeah. So. But that, that's why I'm like, to me, things like, like professor podcasts are really important. Like, like the research that we do um, can't get so geeky and jargony that the public doesn't benefit from it, right? If yeah. we're trying to save liberal arts education. No. I mean, I know that we don't want to keep having to justify why we're relevant. Right. But if, if we don't deliver our research publicly and if we don't if it doesn't deliver, drive action, if it doesn't yeah, do something. If we don't do it in a storytelling uh, way that, that yeah. gets people passionate about history mm-hmm. and about political science mm-hmm. and, and, you know, then, then yeah. I think we're in trouble and we're alienating ourselves and living in that little world, that, that academic bubble that Right. Uh, frankly, nobody should live in. <laughs> no, I agree. There's something deeply embedded in academia that makes it averse to, to marketing, or averse to marketing outside of the discipline. People are very good at self-promoting themselves within the discipline, but not people interested in promoting themselves outside the discipline. Political science has never felt um, less relevant than it does right now um, in the early year of the Trump administration, um, not only because political scientists were so inefficient at predicting Trump's victory, mm-hmm. but just because this is an administration um, that is not interested in um, political study um, in terms of its policy choices and policy making. I think it's but, interesting because I think in weird ways, um, not that I not that I think this is worth it, but I think Trump's election has helped the field of history because I think a lot of the analysis and a lot of the questioning, um, regardless of what side you're on, there is sort of more of this openness a little bit to saying, let's look back at, you know, when somebody says make America great again, it at least has posed the question of, well, what do we even mean by that? And let's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, so in a weird way, I think it's kind of benefited. <laughs> well, and journalism numbers are up all over the yeah. country mm-hmm. in journalism schools uh, since Trump. Huh. Is that a bubble, you think? Yeah. I mean, but... Aren't political scientists more important than ever before? I mean, you may feel like you're being heard less, but aren't you more important than ever before? I well, mean, I'd like to look at you. Thank you. Yes. And, and uh, do you uh, do you feel like you're um, having students either drawn to your classes or drawn to you your department as faculty just to be like, especially last year during the election um, last fall, like in terms of what's going on. <laughs> Uh, I mean, people were looking to you, yeah. you know. I mean, I found myself going to you and Andy and Mitchell asking questions all the time. Well, and you sure. guys, your podcast was really yeah. well received. Yeah, about yeah. I, yeah, I want to be careful that I don't get too, uh, to drink, drink my own Kool-Aid here in the, in the Bethel bubble a little bit. Uh, I do think that there's always an election year bounce for political science classes and political science majors. But, and, and again, I, this might be too anecdotal. But uh, the 
wide-eyed enthusiasm that people came into the into classes with in 2008 and 2012 was replaced by a narrow-eyed mm. uh, skepticism mm. oh. in 2016. Uh, students were cynical. welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, students were cynical to an extent that I hadn't seen before in classes in 2016. And I don't that might that might have been an artifact of just the students I was teaching and just the classes I was teaching. So I don't want to read too much. Just think that. about how happy we were when we were talking about nicknames and things like that. And yeah. now, now look where we are as right. a, as a podcast community today. Yeah. And that's kind of what our lives have turned into. Like I, I like I'm somebody who listens to podcasts and have for years and years and years. And I never until until last last year I never listened to anything that was explicitly a political podcast. And now I have three that I listen to just because I feel like I probably should. And I and I, I feel like I need to know what's going on more. Where I that's not that's not my standard operating procedure. Is I kind of think well the people who do that are doing that. And I, I need to know broadly what's happening, but I don't need to know every little thing. And now I, I feel. And again, that's not my that's not my particular bent, but but I find myself needing to, feeling like I need to do that more. So when those pop up in my feed, they tend to be the things. It's like oh, I should probably listen to this right away. And but do you, it's not is it enjoyable or is it compulsive? Uh, it's a bit of both. Like I, like I enjoy it because well, we've talked about this. I enjoy podcasts because of the people on them. It's more about the community around. So you're hanging out with people you would never have access. That's exactly to, right. it. Yeah. That's exactly it. So, so uh, yeah. Dave Kansas from American Public Media is like the COO there, and from NPR says overall radio listening is up because of podcasts yes. too. Yeah. So more people are downloading podcasts. So that's helping their field because of the advertising that they can put on it. But it's also being bringing people back to NPR right. because they want to hang out with those personalities that they've met yep. on their podcast. Well, and as we experience with students, because I know at least some of us use podcasts in our curriculum, um, people need practice again just listening. And so I think that that practice of listening through podcasts makes you more amenable to saying, yeah, I can get, you know, I'll go to a live news source for my coverage. Or And it's really helped the job market in my field. Like, So, for example, I had a student um, – in the summer, a summer class I did, who was just a brilliant writer, but it's really hard to make money on your words, especially in the fiction world, things like that. So she went to New York, was working in publishing thing and doing that kind of stuff. She got involved in the Moth Theater. Oh, sure. so yeah. She's doing storytelling. She won a grand. She's the first woman to win a Grand Slam. Then she won it again, and that turned into a job on Story Collider, yeah, which is a science podcast, science storytelling podcast, which p- brings you know. You know the science people in our building. They're wonderful yes. people. They're probably the smartest people Except we have. Except for that one guy, but yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, I mean, you try to get Chad Hoyt to tell a story that makes any sense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Chad's wonderful and tells great stories, but Chad generally... Chad will shoot you with a laser if you make fun of That's right. Him. But the whole thing is, like, how do we bring Chad's lasers to the public to understand yeah. how important the work is that we're doing here? And that podcast has figured that out. Like, her job, her journalism background and English background allows her to talk to scientists who don't understand words and explain their research in a personal way that uh, makes people care about the work that they're doing. Making an awfully good case for the liberal arts, I'd like to point out. We could all do that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's exciting. I think what you're doing here is exciting. And to me, it's always shocking to me that what happens in classes are often different from what's happening right here. Look how excited we are about our yeah. fields. And why aren't we talking about those same things when we're in class? Well, maybe we are because we're better than – I think we are. Because we're the best professors well, right. at, yeah, yeah, in Minnesota. Right. right. In this room right now. Yeah. Right. 
I really love your office, by the way. Sort oh. of. Well, you know what's funny is that, um, listeners, um, I do have a large office. Um, for now. For and No, that's exactly where I was headed with this. Oh, okay. And I have this weird desire this year. I've already made a few improvements. I've been cleaning things. I've added a few new decor items. The wet um, bars I've, was an excellent choice. Yeah, thank Good you. Job. I've, um, yeah. I've, Which is oddly Bethical. I don't right. Know. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's a juice bar. Um, <laughs> I have, I'm, I'm continuously actually thinking about, I have some plans for improvements this fall, some strategic improvements. Just and um, I just had, I've had facilities management in here three times. And you started your capital campaign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's, well, it's, just, let's give, let's give listeners um, some in- imagery here. So okay. uh-huh. you've got almost like a double office. So yes. it's like two jail cells. Right. And yeah. the walls are cement. Yep. Blocks, cinder block. Yes. And cinder block. And so they are gray. They are gray, yep. except I will flex. be, um, I will be. Um, this fall painting this one white. Yeah, you're, you're not going to. You're not going to get permission for that. Nobody's going to care. Nope. Okay. Nobody's going to ask. <gasps> All right. Nobody. Nobody. What are they going to we'll do? Talk Come off back the air. in. Yeah. No. No one will even notice. I yeah. have some experiences. We'll talk. I don't care. There. There's right. new offices that people yeah. are receiving, and they it's okay. Get to They'll have just take it out of your check when they have to fix it. So go ahead. No. Will you please paint it with like that cool dry erase paint? It's it's really, it's really expensive. It's really expensive, and it doesn't work very well. Anyway, oh, okay. go on. Okay, go so on images. So, so those are the walls, and so sh- it's obvious that Amy's in the process of adding color. Um, yes. And some stark thing, but she has a beautiful uh, double barrel uh, brown <laughs> chalkboard. But It'd I, I wanted a little cooler re- if it were green. I wanted it removed years ago, but they told really? me Really, no. that's my favorite feature. You should totally no. own that. Okay. It looks well. like you've owned it, even though it sounds I have. like. In your why, heart, why would you they remove it? Is it like structurally integral yeah. to the building? Um, I guess bearing. that's what they said. There it's was a low grade chalkboard. I feel a little bad because this would be more exciting if we looked up there and there was an image. There was my children and my husband had drawn a mural of the Battle of Hoth. Nice. That was up there for four years. Who gets rid of that? I just did. Wow. Oh, I felt really bad, but I actually needed. I needed. I needed to clean the board and use the. So board. you've chosen work over motherhood. Well, and history. In history. Yeah. Everything over there was made. Well, most of that stuff over there was made by my children. But we've started a new thing. The women down here um, in my world, and the women that teach in the gender studies program, and mm-hmm. we're going to start to collect quotes that we like about women in history. So you can see that I have a quote up there. But no. the male feminists are not allowed in the little No, they quote. are. It's they are. Really? That's fine. Really? It's just that that's where our conversation started. So, so you would, you, would you like to read the quote? Sure. So this is a quote that comes from the deputy governor of the Massachusetts colony in the year 1637. And he is writing back to England about the arrival of Anne Hutchinson. And the quote is, about three years ago, we were all in peace. Mrs. Hutchinson, from the time she came, hath made a disturbance. So... <laughs> That has nothing to do with our last election, I don't think. No, <laughs> right? So, kind of interesting. Yeah. So, so anyway, yes, I have this big office. It. I'm trying to add some color. I'm trying to make it a more hospitable space because I have a weird thing of the fact that I know it's going away. It makes me want to like. It's like a last hurrah. That's mm-hmm. why I'm comfortable saying I don't care if I get in trouble. Really, painting my wall is going to be the top priority. Again, it's really great that nobody listens to this podcast. Right. Nobody who cares about my we wall. Feel free to say anything. Yeah. We don't know much in the humanities about our future residences, but we what we do know is that our institution is about to play a fairly substantial game of musical chairs. Yes. Um, that we will be um, unwilling participants in. What would be the appropriate song for that game? Oh. You have to play a song for musical chairs. Right. What, what song would, would you put under the montage of? Oh, yeah. Office I, I, change. I, would, I would like it to be um, Let the Circle Be Unbroken, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be another one bites the dust. Or, I thought it was going to be like, You Can't Always Get What You Want. Oh, oh that's yeah, pretty good, actually. That's mm-hmm. actually better. See, I have a much better attitude than you guys. I was thinking Hallelujah. You know? 
Oh, really? Yeah. No, I was not. That's because okay. of where. That's because of who you are and where you're from. So. North Dakota. No, like the better third when you floor leave journalism. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Well, this has been very fun. We have a uh, most of us have a hard out in about a minute, so yep. um, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks so much, Scott, for uh, for joining us. We love we'll you, winners. You Thanks for having me, hey, Poppingas. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you on with Chad Hoyt, and you guys can try to have a conversation or <laughs> try to talk about a laser story. Yeah. in story form. Yeah, Make like the laser that. the main character, and we need a villain. There you go. Yeah. Villain laser. So. I have practiced creating cover art for um, Scott Winter podcasts. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. I have one you called Winter is Coming, and I can have a oh, picture for it. Coming. It's not great, but wow. I'm looking at it. It's you and a bunch of furs holding a sword. Yeah. There's a dire wolf. Are they real fur? About, like, be a winter no, it's Ikea. Ooh, I like that <laughs> even better. Yeah. So, you want to close the show, Chris? I, I do. This has been super fun. Uh, on behalf of my colleagues here at Bethel University, you've been listening to a live Macy Second Roundtable. We'll be back either later this week or early next week with something completely different. As long Go as Royals. there's still an AC second. We'll still be here. Go Royals. Go Royals. <laughs>